And then... Oh, I can feel the pins, but just for a minute, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah, sick. I feel it. I feel like a snake. I'm a snakey snake. <laughs> oh, there's a fun internet throwback. Right? That's cool, man. That's very neat, Morgan. Holy crap. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good night. Wherever you are, good that. Welcome to the Deficit Podcast. My name's Adam Aubrey. I'm joined today with Morgan Detling, who is a uh, recent friend of mine and a very talented special effects makeup artist that surprisingly has only done it as a hobby thus far. And that's why I wanted to have him on the show because with this company, Omnia Theater, we do like to emphasize the uh, role creativity plays in people's lives. And though I've had many people on involving creative careers, I have not had many who specifically keep creativity in the world of their hobby as a therapy or as a, uh, a muse. So I was very interested in having him on the show, and I'm excited to have him here. He's brought a few pieces to show and tell for us, so this will be a cool, uh, different sort of format where we're going to be able to check out some of his masks and costumes. And without further ado, Morgan Detling. Morgan, Hello. Hello, hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm very excited. So okay. my uh, first forays into actually talking about stuff that I make, so that's that's a fun intro. Not, that surprises not having, me, honestly. Like when I saw the stuff that you do, I was always very, I was very surprised that you haven't like um, gone out a bit more with like uh, promotion or like trying to, you know, do it with some like indie movie artist or something because some of the stuff really is pretty film grade. Um, I don't know if the, the viewers, if you're looking at this, we got this wicked little headpiece here. I think we're going to ask about this first, but before we get into the show and tell, actually, I just want to know a little bit more about you. Why don't you tell me where you came from? What what was Morgan like, you know, last few years of high school, getting out? What were the dreams? What was the, what kind of, what kind of a kid were you? Sure. You know, just a single mom, works two jobs, you know, loves her kids, never stops. No. Um, <laughs> uh, it's from a small little town up north. Um, kind of half between a big city of like 10,000 people and farmland with no indoor plumbing. So nice. got out of there pretty quick. Oh, yeah. um, the little, the little, the little homosexual child and farmland didn't really do very well. So I, uh, yeah, two weeks after high school was, had furniture, I had dishes, I was packed up and ready to go and moved to a different city. Wow. Um, made the mistake of moving around Alberta uh, multiple for multiple years, um, but eventually found my way to Vancouver and have been planted here for a little while, and it's a much more rewarding city. <laughs> cool. Which uh, What city was it that you were in before, or that little farm town? Uh, it's called Worsley, Alberta. Worsley, Alberta? Yeah, a population of 101. Oh, my. That yeah. is a very small town. Very. It like used a to village. Be, uh, used to be 102, and then Ethel died, and they had to go out and repaint the sign. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, not a whole lot to do out there when it's just you and farmland. I bet, I bet. Is that um? Did you uh, find yourself watching a lot of films and things like that? I, I I'd assume something like that because like if you're from Absolutely. a small town and you somehow got into special effects makeup, there must have been some kind of external influence there. Hey, oh, a hundred percent. I was classic little kid without too many friends, but I would just like watch movies. Uh, Constantly, Wait, you know that uh, Walmart five dollar DVD bin was was my best friend. Uh, yeah, I was just kind of loved, I guess, movies in general and just the 
more visually interesting, the better. Yeah. And yep. just because having no idea about how any, how any of that kind of stuff was made, it's always just fascinating to see. Yeah, it was always very interesting. Like, I, I grew up on uh, science fiction a lot, too. Like, my I was a I was a Trekkie kid and a Star Wars kid. Pretty much anything sci-fi, <laughs> but I used to spend my Thursday nights as a kid. Uh, they always had a Star Trek Voyager and Enterprise on on the Space Channel. My dad had mm-hmm. literally was milk and cookies in Star Trek. And then following <laughs> Star Trek with Stargate just ended up being a great marathon. Um, so which films would you say, what was the first one you watched where you were like, whoa, I want to do that? Honestly, probably something like Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, like that. Just I believe that's one with just the freaky, like, yeah, 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 the hand thing. And I was just like, how about what is that? Labyrinth. That was a wild it's, movie. I remember nothing about the plot, but yeah, visually that is stuck in my brain for a very long time. Yeah, there, that's the, the little hand eye guy. Yeah, was that so weird. Little, he was actually quite large. Uh, yeah, he was massive and freaky looking. I can't remember if that was was that Doug Jones as well. He might have been um, the the character actor who I love. Uh, oh yeah, and like um, uh, just. Oh God! So many things like Shape of Water. He was the uh, Billy Butcherson in Hocus Pocus. He was like just a huge character. There's always in full prosthetics. He's a monster actor. Yeah, 100%. very I was cool. Like, that looks like the, the coolest job. That's awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. I always imagine that'd be sick. Like Andy Serkis. Like he always does. Mm-hmm. Like he was the like Gollum and stuff, right? Smeagol. But yeah. uh, this Dave Jones guy. Did he do? Um, was he in Hellboy as well? By chance, do you know? Oh, don't know off the top of my head. He's been one of those people that's just, you never know his face, but he's been in so many yeah. things. And yeah, it's the ones that I remember remember seeing. Yeah, Hocus Pocus is one of my favorite movies cool. growing up. So that one was just like, who are these people? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so one of the only reasons I <laughs> kind of picked up on the name. So science fiction or fantasy, which one do you tend to lean towards more? Ooh, probably science fiction. Yeah? Yeah, something that's like just close enough tethered to reality just yeah. makes far more interesting. Where it's fantasy, it's just it's fully open for interpretation. You can do whatever, and it, that can be impressive in and of itself. Just pure imagination. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. science fiction, there's something that sticks with you because it's a little spooky. You're like, oh, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. someday. You yeah. know, it could be like there's. That's what I liked about Star Trek too. Is like you, they're all out there journeying, like exploring the galaxy, um, learning about like the other species that we're starting to discover and. You think about it, and I think the timeline in Star Trek is only supposed to be like a few hundred years ahead of us. Oh, yeah? So it's like, this is, it's kind of uh, inspiring. You kind of think like, wow, we could be very close to that exact thing soon. And it seems like it's coming closer and closer every day. Like, I mean, we're talking about going to Mars now. Elon Musk has like a rocket ship that's going to go there. Mm-hmm. And you're just wondering like, like, are we going to find them? Are the Martians going to show up? Are they going to, like, actually reveal themselves to us? and Or are they just going to go hide underground or something? I mean, truly, do they want to? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know, yeah. Have they been passively watching this planet and being like, mm, I'm good? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, fuck. The humans got space travel now. God damn it. Everyone go hide. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just We're probably, like, watched by, if they are around and they've been watching us, we're probably just, like, the shit show of the galaxy. <laughs> just like the that irritating drunken friend that always comes to the parties and gets too wasted, ends up starting fights, and they're like, "Fuck, he's here! God damn it!" Like they're the U.S. to the rest of the world. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> just, very much. What yeah. is going on over there? Yeah, like I have no interest in being a part of it, but I will watch it intensely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the thing about America, right? You love to like, I especially a lot of the Canadian guys that I, I know, but they, which is pretty much everybody, um, <laughs> it's always like. 
you know, America, it looks so crazy and insane and like wondrous, but I'd never live there. It's like, you know, it just seems like yeah. a fucking, you go to one side, one coast and it's like just pandemonium and you go to the other coast and it's pandemonium of a whole different variety. And there just doesn't seem to be any order, I guess, there anywhere. Truly. I mean, I think it's George Carlin quote, I believe, is one of my favorites. Like, if you're born in this world, you get a ticket to the freak show. If you're born in America, you get a front row seat. And truly, that's how I feel about the U.S. <laughs> like, it's just, I need to keep a healthy distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like it'd be a pretty all-encompassing life when you become an American. It Like, people just, like, they only see themselves as Americans. They don't see the rest of the world. Oh, and I'm not trying to generalize too much in case there's anybody in the States who will be watching this. I do love you. But... <laughs> Just a confusing thing you guys have going on down there. <laughs> so, uh, which one of your favorite, um, like, series? I guess let me rephrase that. Which monster was the first one you saw where you're like that? That's a like you said, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, the little eye, the eye guy, right? But like, a- as far as like science fiction goes versus fantasy, w- when you look at science fiction, which ones were the the big ones for you? Oh. Honestly, it's just a collaboration of a bunch of stuff. I feel like my memory in general is just so terrible. Yeah. Um. So it's more of just like, oh yeah, that that was interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool too. And then forget about it immediately. Um. Honestly, exact opposite of what I just said of liking science fiction more. On the fantasy realm, Lord of the Rings was a huge one of that of just seeing the really really cool integration of subtle special effects. You know, yeah, like yeah. Elves having ears mm-hmm. to things like the orcs, and then. Just oh, they're so the, good. They're so good at making them so fucking they're, ugly. They're so good, yeah. and I love that things that are just grotesque to where they're interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like I love that. Um, but knowing, obviously, you go on about Lord of the Rings for so long. Uh, just production wise, they're ridiculous. Yeah. It was in its own. Peter Jackson's insane. But the orcs specifically, they had so many of them made, and they insisted that every one of them was individual, so that they all looked like a race, and none of them were the same. That's so and neat. just all those like panning shots across of just they all look so weird and but with this individuality to them yeah that i was just like what the hell am i looking at like they, and i just found that fascinating it was really neat like in like quite the venture they took on to like that's a big task like i bet you each one of those people probably took somewhere between a minimum of six hours for like the light makeup orcs if you even have light makeup orcs right like it's oh fucking yeah nuts. um I used to, I've worked on a few shows out here in Vancouver and like, uh, I can't name names, but one of them did have a, there was a period of the season where there was a lot of special effects makeup. People had like fungus growing off of them. It was some kind of like cursed mushroom that was like taking over people. Um, it was not uh, that last one. With the last one. It wasn't that one. No, <laughs> no, no, no. It was a different one. They had like real <laughs> mushrooms like growing off. I guess they did in that show too, but it was, um, at that time, I was working as a production assistant, and we had to be... I was working um, monitoring the base camps, like the circus, they call it. And I had to be there five hours before crew call, like before everyone else starts, because they had to start the makeup on these people that early in the morning. So I'd be there mm-hmm. like 3.30 a.m. for an 8.30 a.m. start for the day. And I'd see these people go in, and they'd come out exhausted, but just... 
wild. Like they have like literal mushrooms growing off of their face and like their skin is getting all crackly and like there's like moss coming out of their head and stuff. Just a wild thing to see. But I I didn't realize how long it would have taken. So when you talk about oh, yeah. how if every orc in Lord of the Rings was individual, that must have been crazy. Uh, yeah. I think a lot of them were um, pre-made. I believe it was Weta Workshops in New Zealand that made them. Um, yeah, it was. I was. I, I went there when I was in New oh, Zealand. Nice. It was really cool. I yeah. have wanted to. So that's 100% on my list. Oh, there, you have to go. It's it's super it's super cool. Yeah, there's, I, there's oh. stuff there that you don't even know that they worked on. And it's like... 100%. Yeah. Just the amount of work that went into those is insane. Just like yeah. putting personal descriptions on the inside of clothing and like yeah. stuff that never see camera. But they were like, no, we need it for character work. So here's hundreds if not thousands of hours of work that you have to do back to that'll <laughs> never be seen on camera like it's crazy um but yeah i believe a lot of them were like made like as masks to be put on it was the you know, like the, the hero prop type ones that mm -hmm. were prosthetics because they need to move like some of the main ones that were talking and stuff oh, like yeah. that and those yeah it's it's ridiculous i mean like famously jim carrey like never wanted to do a grinch ever again because he had to sit there for it was like 16 hours yeah so put up and because it was all individual prosthetics because it's jim carrey and you need to be able to move and he was like it was he what did he train in like um like torture tactics or something like that to be able to sit through it because he hated it so much. Yeah, so it's I like remember reading great about industry. that. Or I saw that it was a YouTube doc or something. But yeah, fucking apparently it was like just a grueling task. I don't know if I could ever sit still that long. Like even on these podcasts, like we make it about two hours, but I'm constantly shifting around and like <laughs> moving. I I don't like stillness. Maybe that's a problem. Um, yeah. so let's 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 talk about this. What like this this guy here? What is this weird little thing sitting on the table? Yeah, what is this? Like, what was your what was your idea with this one? It's a Halloween costume. Yeah. Did uh, you yeah. have any like? Did any movies come to mind when like Pan's Labyrinth? I could kind of see something like that being involved here, but this also looks like I don't know. I'm trying to put my finger on. It. I can't quite figure it out. Honestly, a lot of them are just. I have one concept that I just I want this and then just try to build stuff around it and it kind of just goes wild so I feel like for Halloween for me the, it's the most wonderful time of the year yeah because it's just one of the few times if any that it's socially acceptable to be as extra as you want yeah. <laughs> so like, weird stuff like this you can wear and it's like oh that's kind of cool and not like what is that psycho doing on the train like yeah it's, you know it's like you get kind of carplanched the only that time way. you don't have to be going to comic-con to dress that to the nines you know exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i have not ventured into comic-con i feel like once i do that'll be a dangerous space for me because yeah well have you been to the fan expo here yet <laughs> no i have not it's coming in february you have to go it's fucking amazing I've, I've gone the last four years and it's just it's fucking incredible they always have like the first one we went to was way bigger, and then COVID hit, so they've been kind of building the momentum back up. Fair. But yeah, they have like all kinds of cosplayers, and like they had a steampunk's bazaar. Like a whole section of it was cornered off for like leathersmiths and brass workers who like do like Victorian era steampunk oh, cool. outfits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and lots and lots of special effects, makeup, handmade costumes. You, yeah, do yourself a favor, get a ticket. It's fucking really neat. It's it's so fun. Oh, yeah, I feel like I definitely need to because it very much encompasses a lot of the stuff that I enjoy doing. Oh, absolutely. To just collect skill sets. Be like, I want to know how to do that, so I'll just like figure it out. Yeah, they have so. a whole. There's workshops all through it. Like you can like uh, they've on the schedule. They rent out like rooms all through the convention center where you can go in for like workshops on how to do like building oh, chess cool. pieces or like building weapons and hmm. all this stuff. Yeah, it's fucking. It's really neat. I always get there and I'm always like, I want to go do this. And then my ADHD kicks in and I just end up like wandering aimlessly for like eight hours, just like looking at everything. 
A hundred percent. That yeah. made me too. So do you think this could fit on my head? Could I try this? Oh, you could see, yeah. I, mean, I got a pretty big noggin though. Let Actually, me, I think Bill mine's kind of small. I what do you uh, call it? I'm at just a headpiece. Oh, okay. I don't know. I built it on like a, a cast that I have of my own head, so it's probably and uh, latex. Does oh shrink, yeah, so it's yeah. Probably I really am very. Small. I have <laughs> far too large of a noggin. Why don't you put it on for a second? I want to see what this. Uh, I saw the picture sure. on Instagram and it was really sick. <laughs> Let's see. You guys watching this, you should check out his gram. He's got some fucking amazing costumes. And the one that goes with this mask, that is so, that looks so, <laughs> that is awesome. Not spooky at all. No, not spooky, no, no. <laughs> it looks inquisitive almost. Honestly, like the way the the eyes work, it almost looks like it's like a studious expression. Like <laughs> like it's like observing. Right, that's kind of what I was going for. Just, just wide-eyed and curious. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what what kind of process goes into making these? What is the uh oh here I'll back to you. It's honestly it's kind of different uh for everyone. I'm very much a I have an end goal in mind and have to figure out how to reverse engineer make it. So really? yeah, so this one you can look on the inside because it's very much made for me. The inside never looks pretty. Hey. <laughs> you just gotta make the outside look presentable. I so, like some foam in there. <laughs> yeah, so I had um I have a like a face cast. Of myself, so I basically just used wire that you can kind of see in there, and then just did the the shape. I kind of want to make it look kind of like a spider web esque shape as part of the head. Oh yeah. Um, okay. And so I just used that, and then it's just a spray insulation foam. Really? Oh yeah. All of that uh, yellow stuff That's you see on the inside there—it's just like expanding spray insulation foam. That oh, yeah. if you get the right ones, they they're super lightweight, um, so you can wear it on your head, and it's not going to be super heavy to be wearing all night. Um, and you can kind of mold them. So if you like spray them down with water, it kind of makes a like a film on the outside of it, and then you leave it for like a few minutes where it just starts to set up, and then you just kind of mold it, like um, like a clay, like almost. a clay, kind of like a really really soft clay, and just kind of mold it into the shape you want, and wow. then that gives kind of the base shape, and then I just make like a, a latex and flower paste basically, like I said, really cheap materials for the most part. I think total to make that, I probably spent like fifteen bucks. Wow, really? Yeah, dude, you're like. Definitely cut out for the cosplay scene. Like, if people could know how to do that, like, to make something like this for, you said $15 is what you yeah, got the material around there. there's like $10 can of spray foam and some latex. Fucking wild. That would be, yeah, that's something you need to share with the world. They need to, I, like, I know a lot of people who do cosplay and, like, they are very much into, like, being able to build something on a budget because it's not like we all have a fucking multi-million dollar fucking Hollywood studio behind us, right? Exactly, that's, yeah. It's really forced to be a little creative when you're when you're on a budget. And yeah, I feel like I... and you said these ridges are these the wire you were talking about? Uh, so those are built up. Um, so the wire is kind of more for the structure to build off of to be able to hold that shape to build the foam and everything on. Okay. Um, but the ridges, yeah, are just made um with the foam and then the latex just to kind of accentuate them. But the wire is kind of underneath the whole structure. Um. Oh, and yeah, those are <laughs> the eyes. It's a fun mixture of uh. Have you seen those blank Christmas baubles? You can kind of like make your own, make your own Christmas ornaments. They're just one of those split in half, and then just like heat form them to like squish them into an eye shape. And I love then... that you sacrificed Christmas for Halloween. That's oh, every time, awesome, great. Every time, awesome. Halloween will always take precedent over Christmas to me. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, these uh, top eyes are just those um, really shitty looking um, plastic eyeballs you get for. Oh really? Halloween. Just those that are like cut in half and spray painted. Um, nice. Like I said, super cheap stuff. That's the teeth are just styrofoam. They just kind of shape and cut and paint. Like it's just super cheap stuff. Uh, there's just even like making it for me. Oh. So sorry, Ricardo. I keep smacking the mic. My bad. 
I'm just very grabby. The texturing on these teeth here, though, is really cool. Yeah, I like I it. Like it's, it. It's very well made. Um, Thank you. Which one do you want to show us next? He's got a few here, so we gotta oh. you gotta check these out. <laughs> and I was trying really hard to get like a full mannequin so we could do a full costume, but unfortunately, I just did not manage to get around to getting the whole thing. So he was kind enough to bring these these headpieces and masks over for us. I thought you don't just have a full mannequin hanging around. I know, right? It's someday. Uh, oh, good. Oh, well, there we go. Was like my last year's Halloween costume. Again, a lot of it's just Halloween because I have an idea of something that I want in my mind. I and like this. This is especially cool because it's actually glowing. That is a real light in there. It's like, yeah, it just lights up. She has like a little battery pack in it. Um, yeah, I just had the idea of I just really wanted a headpiece that lit up because I was like, I'm just going to be as extra as I possibly can. Fuck yeah. That should include lights, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> Everything, every cool costume includes lights uh, to me. So this is the same thing. They're just the spray insulation foam. Like, yeah. yeah. Handle it, yeah. Wow, yeah. On on your Instagram, I I saw you in this one, and you, the whole costume that goes with it too. There's like a like, is it like ribbed or something? Like the the chest looks very like bony or something, right? Uh, yeah. So that was just um uh like makeup. So this one was like I built the headpiece and then did like special effects make it makeup with it. So that wow. one definitely I sat in front of a mirror for four hours before <laughs> to put it all on because it takes a long time. Yeah, um, I bet. Holy but yeah, shit. I like integrated it so that it came down along the kind of like cheekbones and stuff and then painted my face and stuff and then, you know, bring I, out the bones, make it look creepy and like, I am blown away that you've only been doing this as a hobby because like frankly I, I feel like there's a lot of people who would hire this skill, especially out here. Like this is really neat, man. I so what what was your was there a particular inspiration for this guy when he made this headpiece? Uh, like the whole costume, I guess? I purely just wanted something to light up. And I was like, what what would fit that description the best of something lit up? I was like, well, if I want to really focus on something light up, just I want like a bunch of little things to be coming off of it. And I was like, yeah. well, what fits that better than just generic demon? Like yeah. just <laughs> give you kind of carte blanche to be like just some sort of demon. Then I was like, uh looking through you know like just falling down youtube holes and like pinterest and whatever and just i love people's um like fantasy artwork i think it's just so cool and coming across things that are just off enough where like you can't it's not really human proportions it's not really something normal looking and being like how can i make that so i saw a bunch of different options of things with like smoke for hair or like hades from hercules that kind of thing i was like well i can figure it out sure that is fucking cool. The fu the the glowing and I'm gonna I don't want to make this. Oh yeah, she's she's robust. Just toss her down. She's fine. Okay. okay. <laughs> just, just like that. Yeah, I can see on the inside. It's always it's always janky on the inside because nobody nobody sees that part. Yeah, nobody looks on the inside. That's that's uh that's movie magic though, right? They're always like hiding the imperfections where you can't see them. Oh, exactly. You can see on there the wonderful professional way of getting a, a cast of your head is just to cover it in saran wrap and then put layers of tape over top and then you just <laughs> cut it and pull it off and you have a perfect cast of your head really? and that's what it's built off of so it's like wow. just a bunch of like green painters tape and saran wrap on the inside that just makes the base because it's perfectly formed to your you head. built this off of it that's cool so is this the same kind of spray on insulation foam it feels yep. like squishier almost but yeah wow it depends what kind you get some of them will um, hardened to like really, really solid, and then some of them are more rigid, like ones for say like windows or something like that. That's meant to move like with a house, right? Oh yeah. Okay. So they they have a bit of flexibility to them for yeah, like, yeah. weatherproofing around windows and stuff. And those are the ones I like to use because they have a little bit of flexibility to them. So if I'm bang my head into something, it's not gonna like snap and break them off. Very cool. Um, if you're gonna be in a, a crowded room full of full of people, you wanna 
Yeah. <laughs> have some rigidity to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not have it snap off on you or something like that either. Or, like, end up, like, flopping over. Exactly. Very yeah. neat. Yeah, I, on, so it was, like, a Hades-type inspiration. Very, It was very yeah. demonic when I was looking at it. I was like, this is fucking cool. Like, the, the shot he has on his Instagram page is, like, um, it's actually like a video and he's like standing out on a balcony at nighttime, just glowing. And there's like just the perfect amount of wind and it's like blowing these raggy scarves that he's got coming off of the character. It's a really neat one. And the makeup that you do for it too, on top of like the headpieces, but like your actual makeup skills seem to be like really on point for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. That was one thing I actually went to school for. That's something I, a very expensive artistic endeavor that I decided to treat myself to. Oh, you went um, to school for makeup? Years. Uh, yeah, so I went to a Blanche McDonald uh, center oh, here. Oh, wow. Um, I looked at a couple, and I just... I'd always done different kind of, like, makeup stuff. Didn't particularly have an interest in beauty makeup. Um, but their program is just called, like, Global, so you, Global Makeup. So it's starting from basic beauty, bridal, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and goes into body painting and special effects and that kind of stuff. And that's more what I had an interest in. But I was like me just kind of figuring things out for years. Be like, I want to know how to make this. And there's got to be, obviously, slightly step up, more professional way. And like I said, very, very expensive little venture. But it was fantastic. It was purely just, I just want to be as extra as I possibly can for Halloween. So <laughs> why not spend 17 grand to t have someone uh, give me the hey, tools man, to do that? Skills that'll <laughs> last for life, right? They'll pay. I'm sure they've paid themselves off by now. Like, that's, that's it's just nice to be able to have that kind of knowledge, I, I bet. Especially if you're passionate mm -hmm. about it, right? Like well, Absolutely. And having the things like, airbrush gun to be able to do stuff like this and yeah i i absolutely loved it i would do it again but very cool man like it's a good time and that's actually what this one actually is for was actually for a project for um that class oh yeah um for one of my classes we did one on the hair cobra hair um so i had a roommate at the time who had uh just gorgeous red hair and um we had to do a a model in some sort of structural hair and me again being extra as hell was like well okay why don't I just build a full sculpture of <laughs> <under laughs> the hair and then put it on her head uh so yeah this was born out of that like I said it's sat in a box for a little while so it's not the most prettiest looking thing but um uh the eyes also lit up because again I think everything should light should light up um that is uh, they burnt out real quick because i had no idea what it was doing so i just ripped the headlights out of a toy car and <laughs> so glued them to the inside you ripped it really that's awesome yeah cool man look at this guys it's a hair cobra <laughs> fucking neat man and even in the back like it's kind of like that's kind of what cobras have on the back yeah. side of their head is those markings right isn't it supposed to be like oh, i keep knocking this mic <laughs> Uh, Ricardo was so going sorry. to kill me. I should have I should have oriented this differently, Ricardo. I'm sorry. Um, but like, yeah, weren't the mark? I'm pretty sure like cobras have markings on the back so that it stops mm -hmm. predators from attacking them from the back, right? They're specifically in the shape of eyes, so that yeah. it looks like they're staring at predators. I believe that's as cool. with their forks. Yeah, I was looking at a lot of pictures of <laughs> various cobras, and that's my understanding of them. It looks like I might be able to fit this one on. Oh, yeah, probably. Let's see how it looks. Let's see. Definitely can. There's a couple little hooks in there where I had, like, pinned it to her hair so to make sure you don't stab yourself. <laughs> okay. I will I will try to be careful of that. Yeah, but... she, had, uh, she had a lot of hair, and we built it up and teased it. And then... Oh, I can feel the pins, but just for a minute, I'm going <laughs> to... Yeah, sick. <laughs> I feel it. I feel like a snake. I'm a snakey snake. <laughs> oh, there's a fun internet throwback. Right? That's cool, man. That's very neat, Morgan. Holy crap. Here you go. So... 
Let me just get my headphones back oh, on here now. Scraping a microphone, we're both we're both problems. Oh, I know, uh, Ricardo. We're I'm very sorry. This is our first show and tell feature on the deficit here, so it's uh, <laughs> it's a work in progress. We'll figure out a more streamlined way <laughs> to do this eventually. That's fucking really cool. So, what do you uh, when you're making these things? What are you getting out of it? Like, is it like a meditation for you of some sort, or like a the Honestly, peaceful spot yeah. that you get to go to? Uh, truly, yeah. It depends. I mean, it's it's truly a mixture of just this is something I enjoy doing. You get lost in it. It is kind of meditative for something mm-hmm. that I get very angry at really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> just an angry, angry, furious meditation. Uh, Sounds for, like golf. It, Sounds a lot like golf. Truly. It's supposed to be peaceful and fun, but all you do is <laughs> end up swearing at the grass and throwing your clubs. Exactly like that. Yeah. So some of them, again, depending on how long it takes. Um, this one, because it was I, something I had a deadline for, I had my own little personal sweatshop in my little basement suite of like my <laughs> mother and my boyfriend and my roommate just cutting up tiny little chunks of hair um, so I could glue them into like little scale shapes because I was like, I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Like didn't come here to fuck around. Yeah. So the... like just cutting individual little scales and gluing them on and realizing that, oh, I'm going to need hundreds of these. <laughs> so yeah, they're... Uh, very, very kind and nice enough to be my little slave labor uh, for a awesome. night uh, to do it. But yeah, usually it's just over the course of you know whenever I have time, with, yeah, you know, yeah, having to do my regular boring job. Uh, so things like this might take like a couple weeks, just because it's you know do the base and then have to come back to it for a couple. Well, days, yeah, so. I mean you're obviously finding the time to do it, so that's the important thing, right? Mm. The thing with the the hair cobra thing is like I, I've just started to realize that it's scales made of hair. And I feel almost like if, if if we weren't specifically talking with special effects makeup, I might think you were a serial killer. But it's <laughs> oh, hundred percent. I I bless my all my roommates and everything that I've had because it is it's truly some things that I do. They're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, my one roommate that I used for school. Um, again, I used just my guinea pig all the time. Um, I had a big again amorphous monster type thing because those are the best things to do because there's nothing to if you build something there's nothing to relate it to you can't mess up so that's my favorite thing to do Uh, so the face that I made her was just um, a bunch of teeth just in a big shape very well call it what it is it looked very vaginal Um, (laughs) but just this big long mouth with like a bunch of teeth and then just like exposed gums or skin for like the entire head um, and things like that. Like she absolutely loved it. We were both theater kids. Like we met like in like theater programs and doing like some like little short films and like a little town cool. we're at. So she was all about it. Like it, but um, it it was terrifying. And she's like, "This, what is wrong with you?" But she took it off and kept it and put it in a frame. And she calls it Joan. It's still sitting in her house to this day. So you know, can't be too freaky. <laughs> like, awesome, awesome, Joan. That's a good name for it. Holy. <laughs> Man, I, I I honestly think like we should do someday where like um you come on here in like full costume and we could like be a, like like maybe like an alien podcast or something. It'd be like the galactic deficit or something. We just fucking I love that. shoot the shit. We could make like an entire like uh like a like a script almost. We'll script the whole thing as if it's like a talk show on some other fucking planet or something. I love that. Just talk about what like planet Earth is up to. Yeah, coming to you live from Zeta Reticuli two, right? <laughs> I'm Blork Morkborg. And this is my guess. Like, I don't know. Random, like, Rick and Morty-inspired alien names, which seem to have very little effort. It's always so funny listening to them. It's like, <laughs> Bork Bjorkinson. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really fucking neat, man. I, I it, Like, the amount of time it takes you to do this, it, 
just astounding. And like being able to manage it around your job is uh, that's something I'm just not capable of. So like that must uh, do you like have do you write a schedule or anything for it or? Uh, no, it's truly just um, whenever I have time. And classically, I feel like anyone who tells you who make things, you drastically underestimate the amount of time it'll take to do something. Because <laughs> I have a. Uh, a pension for doing things I've never done before because I get bored really easily. And uh, I'm always just like, oh, I want to try this thing that I have absolutely no skill set in, but surely I can do it in a couple days. Why not? Fuck yeah, man. Try, try again. That's how you learn, right? Yeah. That's very cool. So um, where, uh, if you could end up working on anything, like say like uh, another Star Wars film or anything like that. Oh, wait, first, actually, speaking of movies and like special effects makeup and stuff, I wanted to throw this out there. I don't know. Have you seen the Dungeons and Dragons movie yet? Yes. My God. Cra- like, I, I have not seen a movie with that much practical effects that's not like an yes. already built franchise in so long. And it was so refreshing yeah. to see. Like, it was fantastic. It was like amazing. And Chris Pine is just that, just. He's always such a good choice. I've never seen him do anything bad, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. He's one of those people you kind of just hate because you're like, I, how are you both funny and that hot? It's kind <laughs> of like, you got to leave something for the rest of us. But yeah, it was a fantastic movie. And yeah, the, the visuals, I mean, it's a big undertaking in general to take on oh, Dungeons and Dragons. Like, like even in the, the starting scene, they're like going to that, um, a hearing for their pardon or whatever. And there's like oh, a yeah. fucking big dragon dude, and then Jarnathan, the the bird man who yeah. walks in, and it's all practical effects. It's Loved just it. Wild. I could not believe it. Um, <laughs> what do you think? Like, what do you think goes into making something with like, like with Jarnathan? There was obviously like mechanical wings, and like with that dragon guy, his, his jaw was moving and everything. Have you ever thought of like taking that step, making like some mechanical appendages or something that you can like, you know, I don't know if. You use it with like just like hand levers or something, but a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I've always, I mean, just the idea of huge wings that you're able to move is yeah. just fantastic. Um, something I've always wanted to do, and there is, yeah, a certain degree of engineering involved with that. That is way more than I think people realize. Um, to be able to get things to move or have um, even just jaws that move, but mm-hmm. to either have to do full um like remote rigging for that, like full animatronics, or to have a jaw that's you know foot long move on someone's tiny little jaw is a feat and yeah. i always find that fascinating of just the mechanics of how something works i always find fascinating have you have you uh do you have any knowledge as how as to how they do that have you seen like how uh, that works yeah so some of them it, it very much depends so some of them depending on like how big it is usually the bigger the ones they'll have um like, it varies greatly i'm not sure specifically for dungeons and dragons because i should look into that one um but some of them will be full uh, like robotics um that'll be remote controlled separately um oh. that moves along some you have to build essentially a, a fix it to a person's jaw and have a uh, a system that a smaller movement of your mouth equates to a much larger movement like some kind of a little like pressure lever system or exactly something. like that so while they're actually moving and talking you get the whole like, <laughs> the jaws moving uh yeah and it can vary quite a bit some of them are just fully puppeted so if it's just a full created head there's not actually a, a human head in it wearing it it's just like fully puppeted wow um so it can it can vary greatly but um depending on what they're trying to go for right how long the shot is what the look is yeah yeah didn't they the do that with um, oh, which one am I thinking of? Big Bird wasn't he like a guy with his hand yeah. up like this, making his mouth talk, and then just the one arm was working? I think so. Yeah, crazy. That's nuts. Wow. Well, if anybody's got the skills to be able to do it, you definitely seem like you've got all the the needed requirements. That's for sure. 
<laughs> Thank you. So uh, where uh, have you thought about advertising and like getting into like an indie industry or like films or something like that with this? Or I mean, I've thought of it. I did the film for like a little bit on like a much smaller scale. Um, and even going to Blanche McDonald's, well, that's one of the things they kind of prep you for people who mm-hmm. want to go into film. And the small bit that I've done is a combination of God, film work is exhausting. <laughs> Just yeah. super, super long days. And same thing, yeah. the makeup department, makeup oh. and hair is always the first thing that has to be done, yep. but the last thing that people think about. So yeah, you're having to get there and start work at 2 a.m. That sounds miserable. Um, and also doing things like special effects, at least from what I understand, it's a lot of, you have to work yourself up, especially in a place like this where you have a lot of overqualified people for mm-hmm. relatively small industries. Um, you have, say, uh, like prosthetic workshops like here in Vancouver that will make things for huge movies that have a total um, workforce of like 10 people. Yeah. And it's like you have a lot of talented people here that's like, oh, we haven't hired someone in five years, but like, sure, give us your resume. Um, and if you're working your way up through film, um, as I understand, I've heard from people, it's a lot of, okay, you got to kind of pay your dues doing basic beauty makeup stuff for like 10 years to so then hopefully get brought onto a team of doing special effects. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, to me, I was just like, I mean, in general, I just, do it because I think it's fun. Um, and yeah, these were just, like I said, born out of you know projects or Halloween or whatever. Um, but I'm very much a person who likes to collect skill sets in mm-hmm. general. It's very, I was like, I don't know how to do that, but sure, I can figure it out. Being let's, a jack of all. It's it's yeah, important. so I've made yeah. like things for like uh, Pride, for example, I made a, a big like eggplant shaped crossbody bag because I was like, I don't have a crossbody bag that's something small enough that's going to be working on something super busy like Pride. Yeah. And I was like, so I'll figure out how to make it. So I like, bought a sewing machine and figured out how to sew and like what? bought the stuff for it. And I was like, I just want to make a bag. All for an eggplant. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so very extra. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But also worked well. I had taken like a couple months. I'd never had uh, time off work before. I'd worked since I was like 13. And I was like taking a taking a summer off. And I was like, well, what better time? Let's learn how to sew. Except cool. I was totally working out all the cosplay um, <laughs> skills, basically. Well. So I feel like once I... Once I delve into the world of cosplay, I think it's going to be a dangerous time for me. Oh, I'm sure, like, but that that might just be exactly what you need to. To be honest, like that, it's a it's such a huge community. Like there's there's mm-hmm. so many cosplay people out there, and the people who like let, not just the models, but like like a lot of models do their own cosplay. But there's also people who just like make the costumes for specific models, and like it's mm-hmm. a it's a whole world. Um, yeah, the fan expo. In case anybody doesn't know what fan expo is, it's kind of like. Vancouver's version of the Comic-Con. I mean, it's a different company, but same same vibes, same idea. Maybe not quite as cool as San Diego Comic-Con. I've never been to that, but <laughs> I was pretty stunned by it all. They usually have actually like a roster of 8 to 12 really famous cosplay models and workers who come through it and like have like um you can go do photo ops with them and stuff like that. Oh, it's fun. Really neat. Yes, yeah. they have like um like costume contests and stuff like that oh, as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. Um that I was just fine fascinating that people again they put so much time and effort and money into things that just going to show up here one day and kind of walk around and that's very much my vibe yeah (laughs) i'll just like make it for make it last one night on halloween or just something that i have an idea of in my head that i'm like i'm just stubborn enough that i want to make it and get it out and then i'll just Take a photo of it, put it on Instagram, and then throw it in the garbage. <laughs> uh, I'm just like, really? That's all I need. Just toss it in the wanted. trash. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just want to make something, and I just get a little really cool one of like an earworm. I don't know something, yep. something in my head. But I'm just like, I, I, I want that. I need to. Well, fuck. You to should almost. Um, 
I think there's still time to register for the the costume, the cosplay contest there. Last year it was really cool. There was like a Mandalorian. There was all, all kinds of shit that came across that stage. And it's like a, it's a full on like big staged event. People walk across and like they, they hit their poses and stuff like that and they walk over. But there's everyone from like people who just do special effects makeup to like full on your body's inside of this giant costume. Like uh, there was a Gundam this year. It was like just like a full-on mech suit walking across the stage. Um, do you ever play Legend of Zelda? I used to, yes. Okay, so there's uh, the Kokorok or the Korok King. I don't know if you ever... He looks like a big... He's like a big tree character. It's not like... It's not oh, the... It's not yeah. the... Like, there's the Deku tree, but it's not the Deku tree. It's the Korok. He's like a big oh, round guy. Deku Almost looks tree. like a big piece of broccoli. Okay, I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, this, that would be fantastic. This, yeah, <laughs> whoever was made this costume and, like... Couldn't even see where they were going. They had to get helped up on stage. But they were like, I'm not exaggerating here, like six feet wide by like probably 10 to 12 feet high. And like it was just a fully encompassing. You didn't know there was a person inside of this thing. It just looked like this big tree kind of guy walking on the stage. It was nuts. He almost fell off the stage trying to get off because he couldn't see where he was going. It was just like, wow. I don't know if he was on stilts inside of it too or whatever, but it was wild like just like like the the yeah the kind of stuff that goes on at those kinds of things I, you really would be that's insane yeah i think those are your people over there you should you should get over there it's really <laughs> i think cool. so i think i need to delve into that yeah do you have uh anyone special in your life who like supports your hobbies oh definitely like my my boyfriend bless him puts up with me making an absolute disaster of our place uh i call it my crafter math um <laughs> whenever i just I'm in the middle or after making something and it's just completely take over an entire section of our bedroom or the kitchen or we're lucky that the last couple of places we've lived in, I sleep on the side of the bed that's like up against the window. So out of the the walking area from yeah. like the front door to like the, the ensuite bathroom or whatever. And it's just piled high with my shit. Just various <laughs> stuff. And our kitchen counter, like we moved into a place not solely for this reason, but it did play into it of just how much space I take up. So I'll have stuff just sitting on the end of the kitchen counter. I was kind of a long island shape, yeah, 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 classic yeah. Vancouver condo, just a very flat wall, open space kitchen. Um, so I'll just take over the one end and there'll just be piles of latex and you know weird broken baubles and shades of wire and just cut up Crazy. Uh, cloth and just random stuff. That's just, it's, it's a mess, but currently in the process of making things. So bless him for putting up with all of it because it's yeah. a lot and i'm aware that it's a lot <laughs> why don't you throw him a shout out brian thank you for not <laughs> dumping me so far <laughs> i appreciate it that's wicked man so what are you working on now you said you're still you're working on something else already is that uh, yeah actually i've over the summer over pride i tried to see if i could make something that I could potentially sell, potentially make money off of. So I started dumping, like, let's just make just really gay little tank tops. Um, <laughs> and I ended up really liking it because I had, I keep like making certain things, like, like that uh, eggplant bag that I had people be like, oh, like, where did you buy this? I like this. And be like, oh, I just made it. And they're like, I would buy it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's cool. I love that. So I started and realized I hate making clothing, but the idea of trying to make something that people might want to buy, if it's just that, they don't have to worry about having it be custom or having it fit a certain way or having whatever, like yeah. little bags or something. So I've actually been in touch with um, some like arts markets and stuff and being like, hey, what is what is the process if I just want to make some things and try to sell them here? What does that look like? Um, so delving into that because it's kind of the first time I've ever really tried to be like, I wonder if I could potentially make money if people want to buy something off stuff that I'm I I'm sure you could. There's a so. huge market for that kind of stuff, especially when it's like unique one-offs, like uh, bespoke 
pieces, I guess you could call them, right? I guess, yeah. And that's the kind of stuff I would love of just make something that, again, for me, I'm always just, I have an idea that wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> and figure out how to make it. And if I can just do, yeah, one-offs, it's like, you can, you can buy it or not. Here you go. Yeah. I think that would be ideal because, you know, I don't like people and don't like dealing with people. <laughs> don't like dealing with people when they have an input of what I want to make. That that's the worst part, which I think is very classic. Uh, anyone who creates stuff is yeah. That's the introverted personalities generally tend to be very artistic in their spaces, right? And then like you know the, the yeah. energy they would save from socializing socializing with like people that they just don't have time for it goes to making incredible things my wife <laughs> is one of those people uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah she she makes some cool stuff not like this obviously but she did um we went to a gods and goddesses party a few months ago and like she doesn't really make clothes by any means but then she's just like no no i can make these and like next thing I know, like I've got, she made us like the like Greek, uh, like Greek god and goddess outfits with like like a full chain mail, like a golden chain piece with like a, a shoulder thing. Uh, I I don't know the <laughs> words for these, but lots of gold and chain, and like she like stitched all the the cloth together, like these nice white cloth. It was very revealing. I mean, it was. Not too bad. I felt sexier than I ever have when I was in that outfit, but it was pretty impressive, honestly. Like, great. I've always been envious of people like that. Like, you guys are always just like, you look at something and you're like, no, I can do this myself. You just go and do it. It's a very. It speaks a lot to uh, having an independent spirit too. So that's that's. Have you found yourself in other aspects of life being kind of like you know taking the Thanos route? Like, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> uh, quite often, yeah. yeah. I find it's very. Yeah, I think it just kind of comes to a place with personality. So I think it kind of shows shows itself in in a lot of different areas. Um, yeah, I've always been I'm kind of a solid right middle between extrovert and introvert. I yeah. find I was like I'm perfectly fine being by myself, and I will just head down make something for like eight hours and realize I haven't eaten today, and just be completely <laughs> fine with it. Like during uh, the uh, first bit of COVID, uh, when everything was kind of like shut down, I um, I was just like, oh well, what a better time! I'll just like make something and had this. Again, just weird idea of just wanting to make a big mushroom headpiece. Um, big like mushroom headpiece. Uh, yeah. So it was, again, kind of mushroom themed. I was just like, I just want like mushrooms kind of growing off me. Kind of similar idea to what you're oh, yeah, talking yeah. about that short film. Oh, I've saw, I saw that one on your Instagram page too. You got to, yeah, right. right yeah, right, right, yeah. So I was just like, oh, I just, again, I just have a visual in my head. And I'm like, I just, I just got to get it out. And what better time? We're all fully locked down. So I just like started making it. And then I was in a small little basement suite. And my roommate at the time had gone back to visit her family. And then, you know, the kind of world shut down. So she's like, well, I guess I'll stay here for a bit. Um, so I was just by myself in a little basement suite and I had a little folding table that I was working on. And just to move things around, I'd set it in front of my front door and then realized it had been five days during lockdown that I hadn't moved this goddamn table and just, I hadn't stepped outside my front door <laughs> oh my God. five days just because I was, just got down. I was like, well, if I want it this detailed and I have the time, when else am I going to have this actual Little, was, little gift of time. That was one of the gifts of COVID for sure was like everybody got to have some time off with like the, the things and people that they really like wanted to be around. It was mm -hmm. uh, like for a lot of people I know it was a real struggle, but for, I know for myself at least, um, and I guess you too, uh, it really was a chance to like be able to like just connect with your hobbies and stuff again and like be able to like really dive into that, you know. Exactly. Yeah. yeah like of all the, 
all the ne- negative things you could talk about are that first little bit when we were just like, eh, we're not sure. Should yeah. The world shut down. This is weird. When they were still <laughs> clanging the pans for the nurses and stuff and 100%. not calling them conspiracy theorists and shit. Like, just, yeah. 100%. That little brief moment where they had respect for health uh, health figures. It was yeah. great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at Vampire's, I just sat in a house for like five days just um, carving little styrofoam balls into little mushrooms and like hand painting them to look like little mushrooms. And wow. I was like, I've got all the time in the world. I'm going to make them as hyper-realistic as I can. Cool. <laughs> so... You know, shit like that. I'm Holy just, shit. I can be fully that, or I'm also fine just getting, being extroverted and going out and seeing people and whatever. So I think for me, that works great of having that nice little balance, but Wicked. it can kind of depend. But yeah, usually when I make stuff, it's, I always prefer, it's for me anyway. So to not have people's outside input on it is kind of ideal, which is why whenever you get into the four way, four way of trying to make money off it, Anytime you're wanting to make money, it has to have somebody else's opinion be part of it somehow. Yeah, typically. That is, that is the the so. trick there with those big studios. It's always got to have some executive producer who has no experience in the craft that you're crafting being like, well, maybe it should look like this. Like, like take Ben Affleck's Daredevil, for example. Like, nobody fucking needed that. And no I mean, one asked it, for it. It could have been great. And you know it's just because the people with the money were like, no, I don't like the script. We're going to change it. Mm-hmm. Probably would have been great if they didn't have so much input with fucking money. It's always the money. Always. <laughs> like That's why I said if you just do it out of a hobby and mm-hmm. it's just something that you make on your own, it's just your money, just your input. And yeah. Yep. That's, that's kind of an ideal. Like I said, I probably spend way more than I should on making things like this that ultimately you just take a picture and forget about. But, you know, people spend obscene amounts of money on hobbies and collector things yeah, I'm mean, just like eh, I, it's my money I'll do it well I want. look at fine food for example you go out for like a an expensive steak or something it's only something that you're going to be eating for like you know a half hour if you make it last too right like yeah with me if I get like a good piece of food in front of me it's fucking gone in two minutes I will not talk to anybody I'll just be stuffing my face the whole time but like you know it's you remember that experience and like it it's kind of uh it lights something in you, you know, like to be able to create things and like remember that you did that. It's a reminder of your capabilities and like the the ability to just like do it yourself. You know, it it must make, make you feel like, and this might be a, a false assumption, but I would assume this kind of helps you to feel more capable and independent as well, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think everything that you kind of, Start and complete that's mm-hmm. completely independent from something that you're, here's my end goal, I want to get it. Every time you complete something like that, I feel like you always get a little bit of a sense of accomplishment and I've finished it. I feel like that's always a double-edged sword with anything artistic related because you always find the flaw in everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's never like, oh, I'm fully just proud of that. No notes, never, absolutely not. I feel like here's a thousand things I would change about it. But you still completed it and still did it and it's like, well, great, perfect, move on to the next thing. Fucking cool. Man, next year, I, I, it's too bad we couldn't get you on. Like, um, we didn't meet, like, before, like, early enough before Halloween or something because it would be really cool to, like, do this same sort of thing but, like, with both of us having, like, some crazy costumes that you've designed. That'd be really sick. Have you ever thought of, like, collaborating with other people? Like, as far as, like, maybe you do, like, the mask and, and like, the special effects stuff and have someone else create, like, a costume for it, like, fabrics and stuff? Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it'd be super fun. I'd love any kind of especially like low stakes collaboration, mm-hmm. I think would be fantastic. I just don't know too many people that make stuff like that. And a lot of yeah. like, various creative people in my life, but not anything that would kind of mash up that yeah. way, I guess. Um, Cause I'm always under the assumption that just creativity and you know, art, whatever you want to call it, everyone has a certain function of that just because people typically 
associate tangible things like this as mm -hmm. being your art, your creativity, of people who are, you know, designing code for something, or even in you know working in healthcare, surgery. That that's a very fine artistic skill set, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's kind of you find that in every bit of life. Um, so people are like, oh, I wish I was artistic. So we can be. You just need to like your definition of art is pretty narrow. Then if you feel like you're not, your attitude uh, it definitely syncs up with exactly the message that we're trying to get across here with the Omnia Theater is that creativity is a, a universal concept for everybody, not just what you would typically define as an art form. You know, like mm -hmm. a mechanic, for example, even like even like to be able to to problem solve and adapt any of that stuff. It's it's all a form of creativity in itself. Mm -hmm. You said it right the first time, being a nurse even, like, holy shit. Everybody's body is completely unique, right? And even though there's, like, a set standard of, like, what dosages to give, like, certain weights of people and stuff like that, it, it, it all really does come down to, like, how well the nurse can understand how this person's body works in such mm -hmm. a short period of time too like my brother's an RN you met Benny at the mm -hmm, yeah. party there he's like uh apparently he's uh I, I didn't know they had like a ranking system or whatever for for people in uh, medicine but mm, from what I yep. hear um he must get good reviews or something like I don't know if there's a nurse Yelp or some shit but <laughs> apparently he's uh he's doing quite well in his field and is highly regarded now so um, and he tells me all, he always gives me these horror stories about his work. Like there's a reason I work in film It's because none of it's real. Like I can't deal with the reality of life. I know mm -hmm. a little bit of any bodily fluids, most of them, at least it, I, I just, I will, I will be on the floor passed out. Like, oh yeah. oh yeah, I, I took all the medical training when I was younger to be a lifeguard and everything and found out very quickly that. That situation's just way too real for me. And I will not, I don't want to have to do that unless I'm the only one there who has to do that. Otherwise, <laughs> I have no problem playing in the land of make-believe. It's like much easier. Fair enough. I feel like most of life is just figuring out what you don't want to do. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's a process of elimination, right? And whatever you have left is probably, you know, what you are. It's kind of, yeah. Exactly. You're just yeah. slowly weaving your way into a path. Ooh, not that, not that, not yeah. that. So I guess I'll go over here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and especially with like healthcare stuff too. Yeah, that's... That's just I didn't know there was like a ranking system. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't so know. Don't fantastic. quote me on that. I don't know if it's necessarily a ranking system, but he has disclosed to me that he is... Um, recognized as a high-performing person in his field. And I don't know how they mm. do that with nursing. I know with doctors, there's, like, studies that they lead and treatments that they can come up with. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I should just pay more attention to his line of work and be a little more respectful of him. Maybe you should take an interest in your family. Uh, maybe oh. I should. I'm pretty bad for that. <laughs> I, 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 I love all of you guys, and I'm sorry. I really am. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, he's a great kid, and... He's not a kid anymore. He's 27. What am I saying? Great. I mean, that's he, still a child. You're in your yeah. 20s. It's fine. Yeah. He's a good man. He's a <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really something when you start to actually think about the, the concept of creativity and all that. I mean, that's why I was saying before, um, our founder here at the Omnia Theater, Ryan, he's got his podcast called The Creative Conversations. Mm -hmm. And lately, like, I've been getting a lot of creative people on, um, which is kind of my intention as well but I'm I'm also trying to like find more people in like certain like professions and aspects I want to kind of put more of a highlight on like the people who keep the country running and like things like that like you, you remember like um Dirty Jobs with Mike Rowe 
If oh, you ever yeah. Watched that. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wanted to do something like that where, like, I can highlight the average people of, like, the place we live and, like, be able to show the um, transcendent qualities in them rather than just mm. the the job but the human inside of them, right? Um, and I think the the approach with creativity is a great way to do that. And so you saying saying those things about like how it's not just about being traditionally like what people would typically refer to as an artist or what f people think being creative means on like a that stigmatized version of it to actually have that understanding. It says a lot about you, and it's it's really it's pretty refreshing to hear that too because I feel like there's been almost like an awakening happening with our generation and like the one after us, uh, millennials and Gen Z or whatever, um, that is kind of helping to push that a bit more. Like, you know, you're mm -hmm. finding people in, in the trades and stuff who are, um, not in the trades anymore because they feel like they just need to be a working man, but because it does actually satiate like a creative side for them. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, like, being a finishing carpenter, I did that for a little while. And, like, you know, being able to create things that you can look at every day and be like, wow, I made that. Like, it, it really is something. But I guess, like, when it comes to the medical industry, being able to, like, imagine you see someone walking on the street. You're like, I saved that person's life a few weeks ago. That must be really something, too, right? Like, that's got to be a mm. pretty cool vibe. If you had an idea of... um what would what would Morgan be doing if if they could have any job in the world, working in any industry? Like, actually, you know what? I'm gonna refine that. What franchise, like, be all and end all of, of all the big movie franchises out there and stuff? Which one would you want to find yourself in if it was to be doing the special effects makeup? Oh, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be hard here and say I got around it down to one. It can be a whole universe. It doesn't have to be a specific movie, but. Mm. That realm. I mean, I could just fully cop out and just say the MCU. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just in companies like what, 500 movies at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, honestly, things like that would probably give you the most option. Um, I mean, that is like Lord of the Rings as well. Like I said, it's, it's wrapped up. It's mm -hmm. obviously finished. But it's one of the ones that is production-wise, creative-wise, everything that went into it, probably one of the most impressive and largest ventures that have been done Amazing. before so you know to be part of that on such a scale would be like the lord of the rings or or Probably. mcu or star wars <laughs> i'm just getting, trying to we were thinking kind of how one of if i'm thinking practically mcu because i feel that's going to be going for 150 years from now <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're just yeah. going to keep beating that horse as much as they possibly can so I feel yeah like that's it job seems security. like the horse only has one leg left and they're still beating the shit out of it as it is Oh, it's it's hamburger at this point, yeah. but you know they're, <laughs> it's fine. They're they're still making money off of it, so all the power to you. Yeah, that's uh, I guess that's Disney for you. Hey? They, they just keep milking it. So MCU then? Yeah, probably. yeah, probably. Yeah. Cool. Which one of the MCU characters do you think would have been the most fun to work on designing? Oh, I don't think they've done a recent iteration of it, but in Fantastic Four, the thing. Oh yeah! Full rock Hell yeah! That's character. fucking yeah, dude. Like it would just be so fun. Yeah, like, I just love just outlandish. It's massive. There's one that looked really similar in I think it was one of the Thor movies. Um, Korg. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That fantastic accent. Oh, I love. Looked Korg. really similar. Yeah. But yeah, just those full body something that's practical and you're just like 
what the hell am I looking at? Those are my favorite. That's Taika Waititi voicing him, eh? The, the... Is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he voices oh, Korg. okay. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a, he, yeah, that's such a great character. Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah. It's for the revolution. Like, <laughs> just like... <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> that would have been a... Yeah, the Thor series is... It started out pretty, like, meh, like mid. But then when that third one came out, what was it? Was it Ragnarok? Was that the third yeah. one? Yeah. Yeah, Ragnarok. That was just... It just knocked it up a whole other level. And then, like, it seems yeah. like it's just been carrying the franchise almost since then. Like, a hundred percent. I mean, Marvel found, as far as those movies go, the the perfect formula for this much humor, this much action, mm-hmm. like this much heart, this much storytelling. Yeah. And they've just, they figured it out and they've just been riding that for a while. And it's like, I mean, you could either take that as getting stagnant after a while, but it is. It's great. I like, think the humor involved is fantastic. Like, that's the thing. They had, like, with the, especially with those, like, original, like, I can't believe I was going to say this. Those, those first 23 movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, they definitely had, like, a, a good formula. And I think it was, like, they kind of, you don't see it as much now with the way they, maybe it's in the writing, but, like, the hero's journey is much more accentuated in, like, those 23 films than it is in anything they've released since that Infinity War saga ended. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like you see a lot more flaws in the character and you see them through these di- different sequences moving to improve on themselves and grow. Mm-hmm. And it almost seems like with these latest ones, they just like they just skip right ahead and the the hero is just perfect already. Like mm-hmm. I know everyone's been ragging on it, but like Captain Marvel, for example, there's not exactly a lot of like depth in the character. You don't see a lot of yeah. her shortcomings or her fallouts. And it's not Brie Larson's fault. Everyone's hating on Brie Larson because they think she's, like, stone-faced mm. and can't act. Write a script that she can actually act for. Give her some emotion. Yeah. And maybe she'll be able to Exactly. <laughs> Don't just make her this, like, flawless superhero that, like, doesn't understand what humans are. Like, it's just... Yeah. It really, like, they've, they've kind of lost track. I think they feel like it's it's all about the special effects and the action sequences when, like, what really drew people in was the stories, you know, like... 100%. Well, most people love the earlier iterations of something or because the i think with marvel the thing is scale they just keep trying to build up the scale every movie and when you're dozens of movies in that's why people love the initial ones so much is because the scale is the scope is so much smaller the story is so much smaller you look at you know like a spider-man movie and it's like oh the origin story is has so much more depth to it once he's been spider-man for 10 years and he's just perfected and now he's you know got his own spaceship or you know stark shit or whatever it's kind of like it's not as interesting there's no more story there because it's all about the big the big thing they're trying to fight is the story not the person doing the fighting and because the scale is just so large oh we're saving the world again great we have to save the universe now yeah the universe now it's like oh there's a multiverse it's like they gotta like they had to expand universes because they (laughs) ran out of plot points like that is to the point of like People like the small scale. They like the origin story, which I think yeah. is where um, that, that one kind of fell short. Um, uh, like Captain Marvel fell short a little bit of just like they're keeping that huge scale, that huge grandiose type story in an origin story. That you're like, you can't really have both. That's kind of the whole point of an origin story is that yeah. it's small. Yeah. So, yeah, like it said, there's a reason like Spider-Man being the most marketable superhero out there. I think Batman finishes close second, but um, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He's not a exactly. guy who can pull planets behind him with a big chain like they did with Superman back in like the seventies or whatever. Mm. It's like he's he's got some cool powers, but he's not like 
like a planet destroying level guy. He he swings on webs and he stops robbers and bad guys. And there's a couple mm. other cool bad guys who are kind of on the same level as him. It's not some intergalactic like space opera like they tried to make it. Even though <laughs> arguably Guardians of the Galaxy was in my opinion like the best space opera since like the first iteration of Star Wars. Like it's I agree. Fucking amazing. That first when that first one came out, no one knew who they were either. And like they just rocked it. Like all the characters. And the same thing, like they're flawed and there's like a mm-hmm. growth journey happening. And like the body makeup that they did for Batista to be Drax was so friggin' cool. Like it, so it was like three D tattoos practically. Yeah. You know, like exactly. And the amount of time that must have taken. Oh God. Insane. Yeah. But it pays off so well. And having things that are practical like that, I think makes something that has humor in it a lot easier. Yeah. Because you have actors emoting, you have the little jokes, the little quips, whatever, that's not kind of covered up by CGI, which I feel mm-hmm. like it can, it can lose it quite a bit, as good as CGI is now. Um, but yeah, that that series really delved into the, oh, this is the the funny, nerdy side that we're yeah. going to bring up. Not necessarily huge, grandiose as much. Obviously, it was still there, but character-wise, it yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was like, and I... Everyone else that came before that, like before Guardians of the Galaxy, is like almost every Marvel movie, people knew who the the characters were and stuff, right? And then they were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. I had to Google this because I I like I didn't read much comics when I was younger. I watched a lot of the cartoons though, and like I I was always a big fan of superheroes and stuff. But I'd never heard of Guardians of the Galaxy or Star Lord or Drax the Destroyer or any of that or Groot. Like what? The, yeah. <laughs> like this big Groot. tree man who just says his name over and over again and. It it just blew everyone away. It got like crazy good reviews. The, I think a big part was the soundtrack too, though, because like, oh fuck, yeah. man, was that like just such a vibe? The whole whole movie was just a bop. It was basically a yeah. well space opera, right? Like it felt like it was like its own big musical piece in a sense. When he's like journeying through that cave, kicking the little lizards out of the way and stuff. Yeah, back from the break. We were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and I realized that we actually missed one of my favorite pieces from Morgan. It is this lovely flower head thing here. Uh, You should see it on his Instagram page. It looks really cool when it's all applied. Um, What was your inspiration for this? Was it you just wanted to be a flower? I purely just wanted to turn my head into a flower. (laughs) Nothing more than that. I could almost see this being in Guardians of the Galaxy as like a random like (laughs) passerby that they meet or something. There were so many like abstract type alien people on that that it was like it would just make sense, honestly. I was like, aliens are the best for that because it's purely we have no idea. Like so it could be anything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, it's the easiest to like car blanche just to do whatever you want. Carve Lounge, yeah. You know what? Honestly, I, I don't know. I am entirely sure of... Does that just mean seize the day sort of thing? Like Carpe Diem? Uh, I believe answer? it's French for blank check. Blank check. So it's check. just like open, open to do whatever you want with. Cool. I believe. Yeah. Okay. That's a good attitude to have towards life in general, eh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very neat. So um, with this whole thing here, when you had this on, what did you... Do you ever feel like you're a part of some world that you've imagined in your head when you wear these characters? A little bit, yeah. yeah. It depends. Like For ones like this, I kind of just did a headpiece, and that was about it. Um, again, it takes a long time to get into some of them. Like this one, for example, I um, cut up a bald cap and then used that to blend so it looks seamless. So it was like actually like, looks like it was part of my head or growing out of it. Um, and then this one, this big light-up one, definitely took like four hours to get into. But I had... A full costume and it's for Halloween. Yeah. And so for that, you kind of 
you have a lot of time to kind of slowly get into the fantasy, <laughs> yeah. like get into the character a little bit and enjoy it a little bit more. Um, this one was more just, uh, it didn't take too long. So I made the headpiece is just like craft, like dollar store foam, um, just cut and heat formed. I made it in like a day, I think. And then the next day, Put on, took a photo, and got rid of it. So it's kind of just, I just want this visual. <laughs> like, cool. So, very so, much depends on the. Which on the one would you say is more satisfying to make? Do you like making this the spooky ghoul stuff more, or the the like the pretty flower people things? And always the spooky one. The spooky. Anything stuff. that's just the creepier looking, the better. Wicked, yeah. wicked. I got a friend. His name's uh, Cody. He does a little. Uh, he started a podcast a little while ago where he reviews and talks about horror films and stuff like that. I think I should link you two up because I think you'd have some really good chats. I, I personally, like, I'm a bit of a pussy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> scary movies, not exactly for me. I'm not exactly in the, uh, I, I don't find the idea of being terrified fun. And maybe that's just because mm. I am a big pacifist and a pansy. But I can understand it from other people. Like, Cody is a very deep fan of all things horror. So, he, mm. Yeah, I think we should probably connect you two. He'd probably love to do that. And he does write some, he's got some scripts written and stuff. So oh, nice. at some point, uh, we might need to enlist your skills because, <laughs> fuck, man, this is this is a lot of really cool stuff. Thank you very much for coming on and, like, sharing it all with us. Um, yeah. Usually in the show, I start off by saying um, we're here to stimulate your own attention deficit with good chats, life hacks, and everything in between. So I would like to ask you... Um, do you have any life hacks that kind of help you to stay on task or like live your life at an optimal level? Something that you do that you find um, really helps you to just carry on with your uh, motivations and momentum throughout a day? Mm. I mean, it very, depends, very much depends on what I'm doing. Certain okay. things I am bad for that. Try to find that motivation to get through like work or something that you don't want to be doing Yeah. for Stuff like this, if you relate it to something that you genuinely have an interest in, you will naturally prioritize it for cool. me. So whatever aspect you want to get out of whatever that creative thing might be, if that's what you focus on, it kind of comes naturally. It's not a, it's not work or some sort of hack mm -hmm. to kind of focus on it. So for me, mine is I very much like to learn some sort of new skill is usually the, usually the case. Yeah. My nature is kind of like oh, i don't know how to do that but i'll figure it out and that's part of the fun of do, just the making do you find like learning about these new skills with your uh, special effects makeup and stuff do you do you find that that helps you to better handle other aspects of your life outside of your creativity absolutely yeah i think and like my work life and you know personal life for example it's it's kind of been like all over the place as far as like work wise goes um and I've had skills like I worked in like mental health healthcare for like the last like few years and the problem solving skills and the kind of natural inclination to figure out how things work and think of something as a whole, I feel like very much translates very well into that in your social interactions and you know, dealing with tense situations with people, with your partner, with work, if you're dealing with like mental health and suicide stuff that I've done mm -hmm. for years, it having that kind of more global mindset about it without getting too drawn into or having a fight about something or someone's really stuck on something and being able to yeah, keep your viewpoint a little more wide. I feel like that translates a little well, uh, very, very well to other aspects of life, but it's like I said, kind of born out of having a natural in interest and building those skills on something that I enjoy doing. So cool. very cool. Uh, I just want to touch quickly on, um, 
you did have a long career. Are you still at that same call center? Uh, no, not anymore. That was the summer that I took off. Yeah, I yeah. A little bit of a break. It was. <laughs> I bet it was stressful. Um, yeah. Do you mind talking about that a little bit while we have some time? Sure. So yeah. you you handled a, like a, a suicide crisis hotline is what you were do- dealing with? Largely, yeah. That so. must have been very stressful. Um, yeah. And thank you for the work. That is a lot of times people just need a voice and like picking up that phone and dealing with that and showing compassion to those people. is It's really uh, above and beyond. I personally have some experience with, uh, well, depression and stuff, but, um, and some friends that I knew back in the day, uh, did end up taking their own lives. But, um, my mom, uh, Sylvia, I love you. Um, thank you so much for raising me. Uh, she used to work, uh, back in my hometown at this place called the Cantaloupe Sexual Assault Counseling Center. And she ran a uh, crisis hotline for, um, domestic violence victims and and sexual assault victims and suicide uh and she used to be up at all hours of the night i remember being like just getting up to get a bowl of cereal around like midnight one in the morning any given day of the week and she'd be in the the den or office in my uh the house i grew up in with somebody um dealing with a crisis of that sort uh and i always admired the uh the strength it takes to really do that day in and day out, that must really weigh on the soul. And to be able to have an outlet for that, um, it must have been, correct me if I'm wrong, but it must have been uh, difficult to let that go after you, like you can't just clock out from that kind of a thing, right? Like do you find that it was hard to mm-hmm. like let go of that mental load after that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was one of the reasons I kind of stepped away. It wasn't something I had ever had a an interest or direction of getting into. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a lot of people found myself without a job after COVID and was looking at a very struggling healthcare system. And there were some openings people just needed help. Um, it was through, uh, people aren't familiar with British Columbia, Canada, uh, 811 as like a medical information line. Yep. Um, and their uh, kind of structure of the load that they were under was essentially they were about 500, 700 calls a day, like from 2019 to up to 5,000 calls per day within the span of a couple of weeks. Um, so they just desperately needed some people for answering like COVID information and yeah. it kind of became the go-to for the province's information on everything COVID. So it was full on businesses being like, when am I going to be able to open back up? Or like, Ooh, what's the protocol to follow if someone had COVID, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's kind of how I started because I was like, well, I don't have a job. They're needing some help. It's some small way to feel like I might contribute to the chaos that's happening. Um, and then from there, stayed with them for a couple of years of just slowly moving into um, what they call like specialty calls and moving into uh, yeah, like mental health and uh, like suicide calls, BC ambulance, um, things like that, and kind of tra- transitioned over that way. And yeah, it was something that I was like, oh, didn't seek that out in any way. Just something I happened to have a pension for, I guess, um, and, and did all right with it. And yeah, after like a few years of doing that, it was kind of a like, ooh, it's coming home at the end of the day. And being, I don't want to talk to anybody mm-hmm. and don't want to have to deal with more issues. And I was like, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to. It's yeah. hard to. I can leave the individual interactions alone. I was always, always kind of fine with that. Um, I was kind of joke, be like, I'm heartless. It's fine. So you can just like, <laughs> don't have to worry about it. Leave it there. Um, but yeah, just the kind of mental and emotional exhaustion that came along with it, kind of affecting another part of life. I'm like, I need to. Yeah, like it was never my intention anyway. So I need to find something else for it. And yeah, I just like had been working since I was 13 and never had a break. So I was like, great, I'm gonna take a couple months off and 
and just kind of delve into something I want to do. And That's good, man. Healthy selfishness break. is what my family would say. Exactly. My, my dad used to use that term a lot. It's knowing when to just do something for you, no matter what or who it's going to affect. You got to just, sometimes you got to put yourself first. And Healthy selfishness. I like yeah. that. That's yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good thing. We seem to be, uh, a lot of people are very, um, very, okay, are very over, uh, cautious of that sort of thing about seeming too selfish and taking time for themselves but it's important mm-hmm. um well yeah so i i just yeah i want to thank you for that because like that's the it takes a very giving spirit to be able to like handle that every day in and day out. i know you say like it's no problem leaving the individual talks at home but i'm sure the the emotions must have weighed at at some points right um if there is anything that you would like to say to the general public uh about that issue i feel like it's an important one um any bits of advice that you might be able to toss out our way uh honestly things are way more common and there's a lot more resources than people think i think is is a big one a large function of that job was giving resources um and there's even more than i do before starting there there's a lot more resources than people think are available and a lot of things people historically have had I guess shame in admitting was struggling with are far more common and it's yeah. just inherent that people don't particularly talk about it. And yeah, there can be a lot of comfort in that because it's typically one of the most difficult things to struggle with yeah. depending on what it is, any kind of mental health stuff. And yeah, kind of being more open and talking about it, it's kind of the general, like the more we talk about mental health and normalize things, which yeah. is definitely societally moving that way. We'd rather um, a friend cry on our shoulder than go to their funeral. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think people are, in general, much more moving towards that um, that way. But yeah, depending on where you live, typically there are a lot more resources available than one would think. So it's cool. it's worth looking into because chances are there's something available there to help. Thank you, Morgan. Um, thanks for bringing your amazing special effects headpieces on and stuff. I can't wait to see what the next one is that you have in mind coming up. I'm actually really excited about it. Um <laughs> Anybody that you would like to give a shout out to, be sure to throw your social media handle up here if you want people to check out your work and stuff like that. But also, any tidbits of advice or a cool little catchphrase, look at this camera, say whatever you want to say. Oh, no pressure at all. Come yeah. up with a catchphrase on the spot. <laughs> um, I say, I guess we'll start with the easy one that I know. My social media is just Morgan Michael makes. Um, Michael is spelt wrong because I don't know how to spell. M I C H E A L. Because uh, I spelled my name wrong for years uh, growing up, and didn't my dad's name is Michael, and didn't realize I was spelling it wrong for years. So I eventually just <laughs> ordered a new birth certificate with that name because I've been had awesome. my passport, everything in the wrong name. Uh, so yeah, Morgan, Mike, Morgan Michael makes on Instagram. So I just post my uh, weird hobbies and endeavors. Um, beyond that, honestly, like I said people, anyone who says they are not creative. I wholeheartedly disagree with you <laughs> in the most <laughs> loving way. Um, yeah, alter alter your opinion of what you find creative and enjoy the creativity that you envy in other people because it's a very freeing thing. So enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you, Morgan. Thank you. See you guys next time with another episode of the disc, the uh, blah, the deficit. Sorry about that. I'm experiencing my own deficit right now. Uh, catch us on another episode. I hope to see you guys then. Like and subscribe, and we'll talk to you then. Peace.
of the rain A deadly kiss will mask the pain As we grow up, live our childhood Life will never be the same